I'm Stephen Pesavento, and welcome to the Name Your Number podcast presented by the Investor Mindset. As someone who comes from a challenging childhood, I've spent my life seeking financial security, personal growth, and ultimately freedom. The freedom to not wake up worried about the next paycheck, but rather with the confidence of knowing that my passive income pays my bills without the need to think about it. When you name your number that you'll earn passively, that creates your ultimate quality of life, then I believe you've achieved real freedom. Welcome to my show. It's time to name your number. I like cutting people in. I'm just like that. I'm yeah. like, I do it. Like call my buddy and I'm like, we're doing my like, dude, you need to get on, get in on this. And he's like, okay. Like, and it's just cool that I know he can throw a half million at it and I can get him back, you know, 1.2 in seven months. And here's what he's going to pay on it. Here's what will net on it. And he has like really minimal risk and he didn't really do anything. So I dude. just, I don't know, man, it's pretty cool. That's exact. That's exactly it. There's two lessons I want people to take away from that. One, the who has the money ends up getting a better deal. The who has the money gets better returns. You get better structure. And when you're investing the way the wealthy invest, you know, you're making 60 or 80% of the profit on that deal. The person who's doing all the works making 20, right? They're going to do the all, doing the work. all the work, making nothing for years. Right. And so you want to shift yourself to that investor mindset to really be in that position to think, hey, how do I make sure I don't lose any money? And how do I make sure that I have the highest likelihood of getting some great gains? And then how can I do this collaboratively? Welcome back to the Name Your Number show presented by the Investor Mindset. We're on a mission to create financial freedom for over a million investors. And when you name your number, the number that you want to earn passively every single month that creates your ultimate quality of life, then I believe you've achieved true freedom. So if you're ready to name your number and create your passive investment plan that you'll follow step-by-step step to get there, then head over to investormindset.com slash number to download the free guide to get started. And for those of you who are ready to build this plan together with me and a community of others, investors just like you, then you'll have an opportunity to schedule a call with one of my top advisors to see if it's a fit. So now let's get into the show. Today, I've got Sean Mike in the studio. How are you doing today, Sean? Doing great, man. How are you, Stephen? I'm doing phenomenal. I'm living a better life than I deserve sometimes. Amen. So for you guys who don't know Sean, Sean is a beast in the business world. He is a CEO and founder of Family First, uh, an insurance company that's taken the industry by storm, growing it to over a billion dollars in a little less than eight years. And he's truly on a mission to redesign the way the world operates away from scarcity to a mindset of abundance and grace, something we absolutely share in common. So let's get started. You know, on this show, we like to get personal about money, life, and strategies that you've used to create financial freedom and security. So let's kick things off on a personal note. By taking a look back at earlier in your life, what events or influences from your childhood, Mike, shaped you who you are today? And how has that played a role on your money and investing journey? Yeah, I, um, First of all, I appreciate you letting me get on the show, man. I hear a lot about you and everybody speaks highly of you and everything I've seen is amazing. So thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, you know, when I was, my mom raised me and my brother, you know, my brother's two years younger than me. My mother worked really hard back in the day. People had kids when they were really, really young. My mom was, was the same. And, um, you know, my parents split when I was young and I, I remember vividly and I don't remember a lot. I'm not one of those people like, I remember when I was four. I'm like, dude, no, you mm -hmm. don't. Like, that's just weird, yeah. you know? But I was probably 
the early teens, maybe 12. And my mm-hmm. mother had gotten a real estate license and I, we were, we didn't do well financially. My mom, mm-hmm. like mate, you know, she'd move from apartment to apartment, subsidize apartments, do whatever she had to do. Mm-hmm. And I remember how excited she was. And I was the oldest. So if you're, if you're raised by a single mom and you're the oldest boy, like you take care of your mom, that's your job. You know what I mean? Guys come and date your mom. You threaten to beat the shit out of them. That's your job. That was my job. <laughs> I was like, and I was like, I'll beat you up. I'm 14 years old. We should. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, she got a real estate license and I, and I just watched how different she was. Right. She was like dressed a little bit different. She was excited. She was going out doing like listing appointments. I didn't even know really what she was doing. I just knew it was real estate involved and she'd like leave and do open houses and all that stuff. And, And I just remember like, it was this excitement I hadn't seen from my mom before. Mm. And she had broke friends because we lived in a broke area. And I can remember a few of them, you know, off the top of my head who would like, and I can remember being around because I was like really pumped up for it. And they'd be like, you know what? Like if it was that easy, everybody would do it. It's Mm. probably not. And they would just go on and on and on. And after about four months, she quit. She just upped Mm. and quit. My mom's smart, good looking Mm. lady. I mean, she's great with people, but she just gave up. And uh, I remember saying to myself, you know, I don't like whatever my mom does working three jobs. That doesn't work. Like she's taking care of us. I'm really respectful of her, but it doesn't work. And I don't want to live that way. Like, I don't want to live check to check to check to check. I just don't, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. it made me who I am. So that's kind of the struggle when you have kids yourself is how do you give your kids some struggle when there's not really a struggle? Like, how do you give them that? So for me, I just knew I wanted to be independent, you know, um, throughout high school, I, I really only went to high school cause I, I liked playing football and baseball schools was easy to me. I never mm-hmm. enjoyed it. Um, and I, and I was, uh, I've been sober 22 years. Um, <clears throat> I like to drink a lot. I loved cocaine. I loved mushrooms. I love smoking crack and I love smoking mm. weed. So I had mm. problems. Um, yeah. so I, 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 I think going through high school, <clears throat> I was really just kind of like, I want to be, I want to, I want to be a Marine. That's what I want to do. I graduated high school at 17, went to Connecticut armory, took my ass fabs, the whole deal. Told my mom, Hey, I'm, I'm out of here. I graduated high school. I just want to go. And she's like, no, I don't want you to join the military. I want you to go to college. And mm. uh, I was like, I really don't want to go. And there was an opportunity to go play baseball in college as well. So, so I was like, I'll go to college to do that. And, um, when I was in college, I was, I was excited. I was like, I'm going to be a business major. So I was a business major. And, um, you know, that lasted like 30 days and, and it mm-hmm. lasts 30 days because I, you know, even at that age, like, dude, I sat in front of the room. Cause like, even though I wasn't paying to go to school, like I did want to learn stuff. And yeah. I, I, what I learned watching was I was, I'm a realist. If you've done something, I'll yeah. listen to you talk about it. If not, if you've not done it, you need to never, ever talk about it. You need to shut your mouth, know your place and have some respect for yourself. So the teachers I would talk and be like, Hey, if you don't mind me asking, how did you learn? You know, I'd ask them about business management, organizational development. They can never answer the question. So I switched and became a social work major mm-hmm. and, um, you know, played ball for a while, graduated college, <clears throat> you know, thought I would get paid to play ball, realized that that wasn't going to happen, kept partying like crazy. And, um, I took a job as a, a, a social worker at the department of children and families. I worked with abused elected children for 14 years mm-hmm. and, Probably about the fourth year in, I was like, dude, I don't have any money. And I got my real estate license. And then once I did that, everything changed. You know, mm. I, went, I went part-time. I, I sold real estate. I decided I wanted to make money every level, right? So I was like, mm. at first, I got my real estate license. While I was in class, I bought a, uh, uh, 
lot and I built a house on it, spec it out. Mm-hmm. I was like, but if I'm going to build it, why the hell would I pay somebody else to list it? I'm going to like list it myself. So, I, and then I was yeah. like, if I'm going to do the mortgage, why would I pay someone else? Why don't I get a mortgage license? Like, why can't I do that as well? Um, yeah. I don't know if you do all that nowadays or not, but, but like we did everything right. Property management, um, lawn, everything that attached to that property. I did yeah. waste management. I was buying dumpsters. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to buy a waste management company. I'm going to create wow. one. Why am I going to pay somebody else to the dumpsters? And, I, and I, some of those businesses went really, really well. Some of them went really, really bad, but they yeah. taught me a lot of life lessons. So I think, Stephen, that's how I got to, to know when I wanted to be entrepreneurial in spirit back in the day. And I've gone into many things since then. But I think though that experience, watch my mom and watch people around me. And I was like a real life rich dad, poor dad, because like yeah. the, 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 the people in my area, mm-hmm. they're the dads that did well. I gravitated towards them. Yeah. And I think they were really nice to me because that I just was pretty good at sports and they wanted their sons to win. So like, yeah. I don't know if I like this kid or not, but I want him on our team. So I, and I would just interrogate him with questions like, what do you do for a living? And what I found is the people most successful in the area that I was in, they were all in sales. They were all independent. One of them was a business owner, but the rest of them were like just independent salespeople. So I was like, yeah. the other ones that have jobs weren't doing as well. So that's, I think that's what molded me to have the attitude and the mindset that I do today. Well, it's like when you grow up around lack, when you grow up broke, I, I share a similar story, single mom, oldest of four. And when you grow up around that and you see that lack, you're looking around like, hey, how can I get out of this? How can I find my way out? And you create this drive, this motivation inside that I don't think, I think it's very difficult to just create that unless you have some kind of pain or you can put yourself in that mindset to understand that the vision you want, if you don't go and do these things, you're going to feel that pain. And so I can absolutely see a lot of successful people have been through that. And I can understand exactly why that drives you. I mean, you've gone and built this incredible business, but you tried a bunch of stuff along the way. And then you had, you know, what ended up becoming your, your main thing, this insurance company where we've been able to help so many people. And it's all built around sales. Cause if you're not going to be a business owner, sales is like being a business owner, but you're in partnership with other people. And your job is to go out there and sell and get paid. And someone else's job is to do the administration. So that that's really powerful. You know, and this show is really about being that example, you know, showing people what's possible when it comes to building, you know, financial wealth, earning income, creating financial freedom. And so with that in mind, you know, and financial freedom is really having enough income that's coming in every month passively or big enough asset load that's going to pay you to create that ultimate vision. You know, have you yourself achieved financial freedom or is that a personal goal of yours? Yeah. I mean, to be straight up, I achieved it a long time ago. And what I mean by that is I, you know, it's funny you talk about the number, you know, I wanted to be at $20,000 a week, passive cash flow. I want to make a million dollars outside of anything I ever did. That's, that was my deal. Like no matter what I do, a million dollars is coming in. And my first venture was real estate. I accumulated, I don't know, hundreds. I give the total number of buildings and how many units that were rental properties. And, you know, it was, I learned a lot in that, in that, you know, five, six, seven years, I did a lot of it myself. My property management company was me. You know, when I put them all together to sell them, you know, I had a a group come down from New York. I was in Connecticut at the time. And they said, well, where are the management fees? I'm like, you're looking at it. Like I am the manager, you know? And they're like, well, why do they pay rent? I'm like, well, because I'll throw them out. Like we just like, you know, we got good at doing what we did. And, um, you know, so for me, I I achieved it early on. Um, but 
for me, I wanted other people to achieve it. Like when I found yeah. insurance, I was like, cause I couldn't create that for anybody in real estate. I had a good friend mm-hmm. of mine that I was trying to do the properties with, but like he had a job. I loved him. I wanted him to do well. And yeah. I'm like, I just couldn't like, but I'm like, you have to go out and do your own deal. Like, like, yeah. it's like for some of y'all that are on, you know, you're, you're like, well, I'm in real estate. I'm like, no, you're paying this idiot on yeah. Instagram and YouTube money. I could give you a better rate of return to them tomorrow yeah. in anything. You're not yeah. in real estate. Your, your money goes in his pocket. You know, like you have to find a way to build it for you. I'm okay. Now, if you can get me a good rate of return on my money, I'm in, but it's like, these, yeah. there's, I like people trying to teach people to build their yeah. own passive cash flow. Well, I, I think like what's so powerful about that is to separate the two, right? You built a business in real estate. You're a business operator in real estate. Your business was managing those assets that created that return. You were the management company. You were the person doing all the work. You were the asset manager. You made all of those individual decisions. Even if you were to hire a property manager, it still came down to you to decide, hey, is this property manager doing what they're supposed to do? Yes, no. Should I fire them? Should I replace them? In that point in time, you were everything, right? So you were out there grinding, working, doing the thing. When you tried to bring a friend in, they wanted the result that came from owning real estate, but they didn't want to put in the work and the effort. And at the time you didn't have a model that made sense where you could take their money and, and, and they could, and they could get the result or the benefit from that. So that, that makes so much sense. And from that way of thinking, um, it's impossible for people if they come into real estate and they are going to go own and manage those properties directly for them not to be active, right? You've got to do the work unless you're investing in a, in a fund or a syndication and somebody else is the expert and they're really the expert. They're not just somebody who's just trying to figure it out and they're using your money to do it, right? You're actually getting that return for writing the check. That's what the richest people do is they have other people who are hired and they get paid based on success. So from that perspective, I can totally see. So you hit that $20,000 a week number, right? So your, your number was a million dollars a year, $20,000 a week. And when I was like 15 years old, I'm like, yeah. dude, I, I like, I did the math backwards. I'm like, I want to make a million dollars a year. Yeah. I understand what people say when they're worth, but I want to make a million. Like I want to make yeah. it in a year passively. And then when I had kids, I was like, I definitely, cause that changed my thought process too. Once I had kids, totally. I'm like, dude, now it's not about, I want to, I need to, like, mm. I need that. So I think I was in real estate till 2008. And when the market changed, everybody's like, well, you got out because the market crashed. I said, no, 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 be clear. I got out because I wasn't prepared for the market crash. There are people that did very well. I I was very much part-time in this thing, still working my job. My little deal worked for me. And then what I did at that time is I was like, okay, you know what? Now I'm going to buy a ton of distressed properties and kind of rebuild my deal up, which I did. But I found life insurance in 08. And the reason I fell in love with life insurance was I could immediately get people to build their own residual income for me because, and also you have to love it. Like, like you're, you, do you love real estate, Stephen? Do you love it? I I love the vehicle of real estate. There you go. I love love what it does. And I love the vehicle of life insurance. Yeah, I just do. I just, just like I fell in love with that vehicle. Number one, I liked being able to do something for people in yeah. middle American markets that made a difference. People are always yeah. like, why didn't you want to work in this segment? I'm like, everybody calls you when you have money. Nobody called me when yeah. I have money and asked yeah. me to help me. But once I made money, everybody from every big yeah. brokerage, and every big insurance company called me and wanted to be my new yeah. friend and help me. 
I wanted to go where there's more leads and less agents. So that life insurance was that for me. And, and, and I started being able to recreate just like real estate is for what you do and what you're able to do for other people. And that to me, you know, I had a guy said to me the other day, you know, and I, funny real estate was, I was 22, 23 years old. This guy, Frank, who's long since dead. He was 80 then. So he's definitely gone. And he said to me, if you're going to be in business, man, I want you to always remember this. I said, okay. So I want you to fast forward. I'm 22 to your 82nd birthday or your funeral, whichever comes first. Said, okay. That yeah. I want you to picture two people speaking at your funeral and three things they're saying to describe you. Yeah. Oh, like, good. wow. And he's like, what would those things be? I'm like, that I was selfless, that I was humble, that I was fearless. And he's like, then live it the rest of your life. And I think for me, I always mm. wanted to help people, help people win. So that's what, that's what the insurance deals become for me. I mean, I've been in the waste management, you know, talking about taking, taking yeah. a chance. I think the thing that's been good for me was like, I launched, I decided to launch a waste management company, right? Sounds good, right? Yeah. Sounds good. Let's get a bunch of dumpsters. Let's buy five trucks. Let's get 150 dumpsters. And we're two months into it. And I'm like, dude, I'm looking at the bills. We ain't making no money. Like what's yeah. going on? Why yeah. is the, yeah. why, why am I paying this much to get rid of the, the to dump? Why is it so much a ton? And then I realized Three people own every landfill in the state. Yep. And I'm like, wait a minute. They don't want me in this business. So I'm like going down and trying to negotiate with them backwards. And yeah. this guy looked at me and he said, son, did you ever think about doing this before you decide to get in the business? I said, that'd have been a good idea, huh? Hmm. And it took me months to renegotiate my contracts with them. Yeah. And I had no cards, but I, yeah. but it was a phenomenal business lesson for me. I was excited. Hmm. I took chances. I still found a way to break even. And then eventually we built it up and sold it. And like, life is good. But I also knew I always, I learned then you need to know who the bigger bear is. Mm. And I I wasn't the bigger bear in that business. Like I knew I was small. That's, that's really powerful. And I want to draw a parallel here for folks who might want to go down a similar path to you, Sean, where, where, what they're really looking for, right. When they create that ultimate vision and they create that concept of, Hey, I want to have money, something that pays me forever. What's powerful about life, life insurance, which is similar to investing in assets is that what you're doing is you're going out there and the asset is the policy that you sell. You get paid some money up front, but you get this residual income that's paid out for, for the life of that policy. And so you're getting paid that passive income forever because what you've actually done is you've created a business and that business, the job of that business is to sell the policy and the policy protects the client. They want that. And as a result of that policy living on forever, you get that residual as long as it's there. So it's a phenomenal way to take a, sil- a sales skill and ability and go apply that to go work and build a book of business. And then for you, you exited, right? You had an exit. And so when you actually exit, you essentially sell that stream. You sell that business down the line. You get paid a bunch of money up front, which now you can then take control and go reapply those dollars to create maybe even a better return if that's what you want to do, or you never need to go down that reinvestment path with those dollars that you're earning because you could simply choose to live off of that. So what I'm really curious about is many, many years ago, you set a vision. I want to talk about the vision you have now versus the vision there. When you were looking at that vision, a million a year, 20,000 a week, what was that all for? What was that going to do for you? What was that going to do for your future family? Why were you on this crusade to go out and create 20,000 a week, what was that for? I really wanted to change the way I thought people looked at my family. 
Mm. I mean, it's, I really just wanted in my mind, I wanted to change the way that people looked at us. I didn't think money made me anything, but I just thought I wanted people that came after me and my family to know that we can go out and have great success. That, that was the most important thing. The money, I mean, the stuff, I really didn't have any, when people are like, I wanted this and I want that. I was kind of like, you know, I was like the guy in the Italian, you're, you're young, the Italian job where they're like, what do you do with the money? Oh, he has no idea. Movie. Yeah. Great movie. I'm like, that was, I don't, I don't have any, I don't know. I didn't even like, that was never for me that never did it for me. Yes. I wanted to buy my mama house and like a place to live. And that's been cool. Like I wanted those, yeah. but the 20 grand a week, the million dollars was, you know what? Everybody. And you said it earlier in that scarcity deal, everybody that bet against me and school was different back than it is today. The teachers mm -hmm. would, would have been fired every day for the things they said mm -hmm. every day. And in today's world, if a male teacher had spoken to me like that, I just would have hit him. Yeah. Back then, like you didn't, you just listen. They would just say things like don't dream and you're not yeah. from there and you guys can't accomplish that. You just need to go get a job. There's no reason. I mean, they told me there's no reason if you go to college. I'm like, Dude, I'm smarter than almost everybody in here. Yeah, but yeah, you, yeah. You, you can't afford college. It's just not for you. So yeah. for me, I just wanted to change the way everybody looked at, in my mind, my family, for whatever that was mm. worth, you know? And then it really just became an addiction. You know, I, I'm, mm. I'm addicted to, you know, it's funny talking about real estate. I just did a deal four days ago and I'm like, isn't it fun? I was talking to the guy that runs my numbers. I'm like, isn't it funny? You know, he works out of my CPA's office. And I talked to my attorney. I'm like, back in the day, I was working literally 400 hours to put one deal together that made me yeah. one tenth of this. And now yeah. I'm like, wire the money. My yeah. return is greater than my return would have been in three years. Yeah. My money's out. Here's how I'm, here's how it's secured. We've yeah. done X amount of deals. I, I'll never see the property. I'll yeah. never go to New York city and see the property yeah. and I'll just be paid within nine months. And that's what I wanted to get to, to, I wanted to be the investor. I wanted to be the guy that made a much higher return on my money. And I wanted to get in with the right people because the problem for a lot of us is when you don't have any, you come from that. Every idiot has a new idea and every mm -hmm. idiot wants to be in business and every idiot yeah. wants your money. And it's like, yeah. you're trying to get around the right people because the right people don't lose as much. Yeah. They just don't, they don't have yeah. to, they, they, they get to pick and choose. So I think for me, it's the juice of it. I enjoy it a lot. Um, and I enjoy seeing, I like cutting people in. I'm just like that. I'm yeah. like, I do I like call my buddy and I'm like, where do I like, dude, you need to get on, get in on this. And he's like, okay. Like, and it's just cool that I know he can throw a half million at it and I can get him back, you know, 1.2 in seven months. And here's what he's going to pay on it. Here's what will net on it. And he has like really minimal risk and he didn't really do anything. So I dude. just, I don't know, man, it's pretty cool. That's exact. That's exactly it. There's two lessons I want people to take away from that. One, the who has the money ends up getting a better deal. The who has the money gets better returns. You get better structure. And when you're investing the way the wealthy invest, you know, you're making 60 or 80% of the profit on that deal. The person who's doing all the works making 20, right? They're going to do the all, doing the, all work. the work, making nothing for years. Right. And so you want to shift yourself to that investor mindset to really be in that position to think, hey, how do I make sure I don't lose any money? And how do I make sure that I have the highest likelihood of getting some great gains? And then how can I do this collaboratively? How can I make sure that my, uh, my incentives are aligned with everybody so everybody wins when everybody wins? Such, such, such a really, really powerful point. On that vision, it's, it's so inspiring, I believe, to be able to see that your vision was really about, hey, I want to get out of where I'm at. I want to start living a life where other people recognize my worth and value because it wasn't being recognized growing up. 
and where I can make an impact for other people. And you've done exactly that. And so anyone who's listening, who's at that point, maybe you feel exactly the way that Sean felt back then, or maybe you're somewhere in between. Maybe the pain isn't as strong as Sean's feeling, but you can create that pain by getting really clear on that vision and recognizing what you're going to lose by not going after it, whether that's hustling harder in your work so that you can create an exit and, and have a big check come at once, or whether you're going to hustle and start funneling that money to be invested with the right experts or do the deals yourself, if that's really the path you want to go so that you can actually start creating this life. Cause it's possible. Cause you've done it. I've done it. A lot of my friends are all on the same path. We're doing it. And, uh, it, it's a huge, it's a huge takeaway. Cause I don't know when I was growing up, maybe you felt like this. I was growing up hearing the exact same thing. You can't do this. You're not smart enough. Da da da. Like you're not going to break out of that world. And I, for the longest time was a chip on my shoulder that was driving me. Right. It was that chip on my shoulder. Be like, I'll prove, I'll prove you wrong. Tell me I can't do it. Cause I'm going to make sure that you know that I did it once I had done it. There was a shift in my mindset, and I believe you've had the same just based on the mission that you're on, is that what got me here isn't going to get me to that next level. Because now that I made it, I actually have to create a new motivation. And that motivation is really focused on others making an impact. For me, that mission is a, a million people being financially free through investing, right? And to me, to hit that, I just need 10,000 clients who can tell 100 of their friends, right? or 100,000 clients who can tell 10 of their friends and share that view and vision and a million people are impacted. I can definitely do that in my life. I'm curious for you, your vision today, it's shifted, it's grown, right? You've made millions of dollars, you've had a, a phenomenal exit, you've got this passive revenue that's coming every month. What's the vision today? What are you working towards today and what impact are you looking to make? You know, I think one of the biggest things that's hitting me probably in the last six months, to be honest with you, Stephen, is I, I see a lot of, it breaks my heart. And I mean that when I see people get taken advantage of people go, well, that's, that's their fault. I'm like, not really. When some guy gets on Instagram, jumps around, lies to you and he's full of shit completely. And you think he's telling the mm. truth and you give him your money yeah. and he takes it and gives you nothing. I don't know that that's necessarily your fault. When, when some guy manipulates some fake coin that nobody can talk about, and then you buy mm. it, they get out when you're supposed totally. to, it. they get smoked and that they made money and they kill you. And that the average, the guy welding for $62,000, $482 a year, put his yeah. $37,000 life in bed. Like, I, I just want to kind of do the best I can to get as much information in people's um, in front of them as I can, like truthfully. And that's kind of like, I started messing around with this stuff online only because I was curious and I started doing it where I was like, dude, I just don't like this guy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this dude, I don't like him. I, I don't, I don't yeah. like this dude over here. And then I'm like, they're commenting on my stuff. That's weird. Cause nobody even knows who I am, What must yeah. mean they know it. They know they're full of it. So I'm gonna keep pushing and poking and prodding. And I, I think it goes back to my mom and everybody else. There's really good people out there thinking that, you know, instead of investing, instead of trying to build passive cash flow, instead of having real goals, they're getting taught to go chase around these coaches, mentors, and all these gurus and that money yeah. that they're giving them, they could have invested in. And when they yeah. add it all up, it's like, dude, what could you have done with somebody yeah. that actually knows what they're doing? So for me, I just kind of, I, I want to pull the, you know, we do, I set out to disrupt the life insurance industry. I did. I was like, yeah. you know, we're going to pay really well. We're going to be crazy aggressive. We're going to help people out. We're going to build wealth for all the people. So yeah. I told people the first, when we started the company, you could work at the company and make more than I do. And I own it. Mm. And that screwed people up. And I was like, there's, yeah. you can, you structure, right. You could out earn yeah. me. 
And yeah. I wanted that. I'm going to go to work anyway, but I wanted a place where we could raise up together. And, mm. and it worked. And I'm kind of like, well, why can't we do the same thing over here where we can raise up together instead of making mm. it out to be some kind of magical deal? It's find the people with the information, the knowledge, find a mentor, ingratiate yourself to him or her, and then get the knowledge and then change your trajectory as well. So I, I just, I, I, and, and partly Steven, I'm not going to lie to you. I just kind of love pissing people off. I don't sound weird, but I do. I, I, I enjoy it. It's maybe it's my yeah. dysfunctional or not. If you're out there messing with people, uh, I want to call you on it. And yeah. I, I don't pretend that everybody in the world cares what I say, but if enough yeah. people call you on your BS and, 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 and because so many people can get ahead, dude, they're just mired in their own, this, what they're doing. And, and again, there's mm. some amazing vehicles out there and you're right. Those were the gold make the rules. And what gets yeah. you out of where you're at doesn't get you to the promised land. You got to continue to evolve all the time. And I just want to get around those people. And I found really good people that were are way ahead of me, mm. but I listen. Well, I ask good mm. questions. I don't waste their time. I bring value because yeah. I can talk about kind of how certain people see things that might help them understand how, because they've been, they're removed from it. And I just yeah. try to bring the best value I can. And then when something happens, like when I was doing the insurance deal, I call the guy that's done this two dozen times and he's a friend of mine. I mean, he's yeah. 10, 12 years older than me. He's, you know, he's good. God knows billions of dollars. And, but I'm able to say like, what am I thinking? Should I be taking chips off the table? What should I be doing? How would you structure it? What does that look like? What's your EBITDA? What's, and also the last thing I'll say is when you don't know something, you say you don't know it. I think that's the yeah. people, people love real. You know, I remember I was sitting down, I was exploring, taking on capital the very first time. And the guy said, what's your EBITDA? And I said, mm -hmm. what does that mean? And his group fully, you know, and the guy looked yeah. at me and he's like, he laughed. I go, no, I actually don't know what it means. What does it mean? So he's like earning yeah. tax, tax depreciation, amortization. I'm like, but in my business, I don't have the depreciation amortization. Why don't you just say it's my net income? Like, wouldn't that be, yeah. or would that not sound smart enough? We laughed about it. And afterwards the guy was like, dude, that was my favorite part of the meeting. Yeah. Like I just wish more people were real and could have discussions. So I don't worry about what anybody thinks. And that's what holds most people back. You go out and do the well, best. You used to, you used to, used to, it used to bother you, but you've grown to this place. You've got a new way yep. of thinking. Well, I love your vision. We, we got to make, we got to make an impact together in this world. My friend, you know, there's so many people who have broken beliefs. They don't believe they can get out yep. of it. They, they just like your mom, just like family members I have that, you know, they gave up on their dreams a long time ago because everyone around them thought differently. And it's so important, I believe, to get in community and, you know, listen to this show is one way to get in community, get these ideas in your ear and let them start festering and then start surrounding yourself with better people. So I'm on board for that. We'll definitely figure out some ways to 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 make that impact together when it comes to the strategies. Right. You've gone and you did real estate early on. You had it you know, 2008 happened. You started building this business. You just recently had an exit. You're still probably getting that, that, uh, income that's coming in off of that, but you sold it. What is the strategy that you're using to create that new vision? That's going to get you to that next level that you want to be at. Is it, you're going to build another operating business? Is it, you're taking that money and you're investing it passively with the right people? Are you looking to build affiliate? Like, what is it that you're using to get to that new vision that you got. That's funny. Uh, it's definitely investing with the right people passively. That's worked out really well for me the last three years. Yeah. Um, I've looked at some, some additional businesses and operate and I do enjoy what I do. Um, yeah. And it's kind of also led me back to some real estate, which has been cool. And some things that I kind of 
ideas I had and some people I wasn't networking with back in the day. And now I, yeah. am, you know, which has been really good. And um, so, and it's also allowed me to kind of take a step back and make good decisions when I want to make them. My whole business entrepreneurial career was like my, my hair was on fire. Right. Because mm-hmm. that's where I was. Like, I was just like, I, and now it's kind of, I do like seeing these opportunities. I do like seeing these bees, but, and I don't waste my time. I, you know, I find people with really, really, really good track records and kind yeah. of align myself with them. And, and, and I don't need to go do anything, which is nice. Um, but am I going to go do something else? It's operate probably. And there's some other industries I've looked at and it's exciting to me. It's intriguing. And, and I like to attack it and see what I could build there, you know, outside of insurance. And, um, and so you part know, of your, part of your kind of personal drive is like, you're an operator, you're a builder. Like you get that fulfillment from the mission of building. You're not, you know, some people are looking to go retire on a beach with their family. Phenomenal vision for those people. You're one of those people who's mission driven. I got to keep building because I love playing the game. I love the game. I love the juice of the game. I just do. You know, that's awesome. What, um, you know, Talk to us about what that current work life looks like today. You had an exit. You're still involved with it. Yeah. What does that look like? What did it feel like to have the exit versus what are some of the downsides that you're experiencing now that you've gone through that process so that other people can understand, hey, well, this is what can happen when I get to the end of the road and everything's built off of, you know, selling the business to someone else. You know, it's funny. I've done it a few different ways. Right. Didn't waste management was a straight. Here's a sale. We know better than you do, Sean. We're one of the biggest companies in the country. We're good. Here's your money. Have a nice life. Okay. Um, I've done it in real estate where it was like, here's your money. But if we can get the the portfolio to perform where you were, will you stand for a period of time and make some extra money? Right. Um, The problem with that was they, the way I did it worked. And they had their own ideas. They didn't know what they were doing. So it was like, I was beating my head against the wall. That wasn't a lot of fun, right? I already gotten paid, but I stuck around to try to make more money, earn out, whatever you want to do. And finally, I'm like, guys, I I can't do this because you're telling me what to do and you don't know what to do. Like I sold you something that was very profitable. And now you've come in and want to make the cuts over here and do this over here. It just, you don't know what you're doing. So I'm going to have to just tap out. I've been very blessed in insurance because I looked at a lot of different private equity companies for probably a year and a half. And the the two issues I had with any of the potential offers I had was, you know, it wasn't just necessarily the money, like the money's important. Don't get, don't get me wrong, but it was, if I'm going to stay on for a period of time, post transaction and post sale, I, I have to be in charge. I'm exceptionally mm-hmm. bad assistant coach when yeah. I know what I'm doing. If, yeah. if your son's playing soccer, and my son plays soccer. I don't know anything about soccer. Yeah. I'm totally cool if you're like, hey, man, I, I played some soccer in high school and college. You want to be an assistant coach? First thing I'd say is I don't know anything, but I'm good. Like, you want me to just get people hyped up and bring some stuff and carry some stuff? Like, I'm your guy. Yeah. But if I know what I'm doing, I'm a terrible assistant coach. And in life insurance, I feel like I really know what I'm doing. So I've been I've been blessed in that regard where it's like, you know what? I get to be in the, in the entity is kind of like, hey, dude, you do you. You've been killing it. We're happy. We ain't going to bother you. And, yeah. and, you know, when you start early on, there's a few people, Hey, what about this? And what about this? You're like, Hey, wait a minute. Y'all just like told me as long as I continue to grow it and kill it and scale it, make it profitable. Um, I'm going to be good. And I've helped a lot of other people do the same thing. And I think the struggle at times is if you're not, if in waste management, I exited, mm-hmm. I got my money and it was an exit. 
a lot of people, when they go do a deal, they retain some equity, there's earnouts, there's contracts. You didn't really exit. And they think they did. It's like mm-hmm. exit is like, we're paying you to go away. Like we're yeah. good. We're happy. We want you to not be involved anymore. So it's me educating people that, Hey bro, you didn't exit. <laughs> you have this yeah. many years left. We know you got paid. You had the potential to make a lot more money. You know, yeah. you have whatever it is stock, however your deal structured. And some people just, their back's not against the wall anymore because yep. they got a check. Yep. And to me, it was never about, okay, if I have enough to live, I'll stop. Yeah. And a lot of people, it is, man. They just, they lose that, that edge. I mean, you know, I haven't needed money for a long time. It's not like I was buying helicopters and penthouses in four different cities in the country. I just yeah. didn't need the money. I live good. And as my buddy always said, you said at the beginning of the show, he's like, we, most of us, we live better than we probably need to like, and that's yeah. okay. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah. I think for me, it's when you start, you have to understand to ask all the right questions when you're yeah. looking to do that. And a lot of people, I know people that probably should exit because they're burnt out and some that aren't even ready to exit that are looking to, you know, I just talked to a guy a couple weeks ago and he's not, he's like, I said, I want you to close your eyes and Matt, you're not in charge anymore. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I'm just saying like, you're a control freak and you love what you have here. Yeah. You're going to walk away completely. But then there's people that you meet that don't pull the trigger and they don't know who the bigger bear is. That was the other yeah. thing too. We were so big in people's eyes, but not as big as you thought, right? We're, listen, yeah. it was great. We do billions of dollars in premium over nine years. I mean, we're not, you know, we'll, we'll do a billion this year in our 10th year. Like it's big, but there's also a lot of big, big people out there and things can happen. And if you don't take your chips off the table, you can lose them all. So when is that magic? I've met people that didn't take them off the table and somebody recreated what they were doing bigger, better, faster with more money. And they were out of business or something happened. You didn't see coming. I didn't know that was going to happen. Oh my God. I didn't know that was going to happen to us. And I never thought about that. And I never knew that was a potential liability. It's like, dude, I was talking to a guy the other day, their company's done. Like they, there was a recent policy change. You can't do what they're doing anymore. And it's just gone. But Understanding structure is such an important thing when it comes yeah. to investments and the people who bought your business, they're essentially investing. They bought an income stream. They bought your business. And if you don't understand structure, you can be on the wrong side of that. And that's why it's so important to make sure you're doing things. You've got the right advisors. You got the right team. You know, that's one thing we talk a lot about name your number. It's, it's almost as much about setting your target and vision, the plan, but also you need to know enough so that you know what to watch out for. So in your example, right, you had this exit, but a lot of the upside was tied to somebody else being in charge of the outcome. And that works really great for some people. And it doesn't work well for others. So you got to know what structure works well for you. So let's, why don't we pause here on this? We're, we're getting close to the end of the show. We've got one more question I want to wrap up on, but why don't you tell the audience, share a little bit about kind of who you're serving, what you're doing and, you know, how people can get involved or get in touch if they, if they want to reach you. Yeah. I mean, in the insurance business, we're very much focused on helping people in the middle American market. We, you know, there are millions of people with life insurance license. I think the way we structure is very aggressive from a compensatory standpoint for the agent. You know, you're truly independent. We love that. Name of that company's Family First Life. You can find me anywhere on Instagram. Last name is M-E-A-I-K-E. Even though it's pronounced Mike, it's Sean, M-E-A-I-K-E. My handles are all that. It's just my name. And, you know, we hire, we recruit people all over the country because the reality is there's more leads you don't do with. And I'm a big lead guy. I don't, I've not been a say, I, if you're a cold call or a cold knocker, I'm not mad at you. I just, I've done it. And I'd much yeah. prefer 
lead. Leads are real sales. I, I just, you know, I can go out there too and tell hero stories, knock on doors with you, call people all day long. It's just not a good return on my time, my investment. And then when you start, you know, to that point with your family, you know, one of the things that was important to me was, and it, you know, maybe everybody's different. I didn't want to miss stuff my kids were doing school or athletically. That was my deal. Yes. I, I, at the state vision. of Connecticut, I didn't leave that job because I was only making 70 grand a year. Like I was already making money in real estate. So I left that job because yeah. I was being told I couldn't leave that job. Like my daughter would yeah. have a recital at school at 10 a.m. And I was told I couldn't go. Yeah. My son would have a game. When I coached my son's middle school basketball team, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, yeah. went to our first game, put the kids on a bus. You know, you drive them. It's like, good Lord, like I'm back in school. You got to get up and tell the kids sit down. They're all boys. So yeah. It's like, we're all smacked. They shout out all of you. Sit down. Don't drive me crazy. We get to the game and we're like three minutes in the game. And I look around. I'm like, wow. The only parent here is me, but it's three yeah. 30 in the afternoon. Like who can yeah. leave work, drive an hour to their kid's game. You know, when there was a mom or dad here and there, but for the most part, like I watched every game my son played in middle school from the sidelines. Yeah. And then when he was in high school, I sat in the stands and went to every single game yeah. when he was playing three games a day, baseball, my daughter, Dan, she, I, I, I didn't miss those things. And my mom had to miss those things just because yeah. she worked three jobs. So I, I think for me, it's that that's kind of really where I'm at, where I'm going, what I see, what motivates me, why I'm doing it. Um, but you can find us, find me anywhere, man. And we're the, we, you know, the podcast is punch me in the face, wrote a little book called punch me in the face. We give the, you know, half the money, to the dream center in, in East LA. It's a great place. Pastor Matthew's a good friend of mine. And um you know, we're just out there trying to make a difference and rattle some cages, dude. Like that's kind of my deal. I want to be in the fight every day. I want to be part of the juice and that's how they can find us. And if they're looking I for think a part-time income or full-time income, come join family first life, man. We'll teach you how to do something. So that's how you find Mike or that's how you scratch that. You're good, Sean, Mike, it's either way, dude, that, you're good. That, that's how you find Sean is uh, head over. If you're interested in learning, he's got some amazing mindset and beliefs on business. You can shift the way you're thinking. And if you're looking to create that revenue through active sales, this is a great, great place to, uh, to head to. So as we wrap up, it's been a phenomenal, phenomenal episode, Sean, diving insights on how you hit financial freedom on this vision, on this path that you're on. Um, it, it's really inspiring. It's incredible. So closing on this, what is your advice to those who are listening, who are on the path towards creating that ultimate vision for their life financially, for them to get there faster, to stay focused on the right things and to, you know, truly be able to get where they want to go? Well, you know, you talked about a little bit earlier, Stephen, with the sacrifices. I mean, the only thing I've done in every industry I've been in, and I've done well in all of them and other people have probably done better than me, but I've done better than most that I've seen is, dude, I just use my sweat equity to build it. Like yeah. any, any, if it's real estate, my sweat equity could be pouring a concrete when I started, it could be the property management, it could be being a listing agent in insurance. It was selling life insurance and in waste management. It can be driving a truck and picking up dumps. So like, like your sweat equity to you is that's your time. So it's free to yeah. you. I understand. Like, yeah. and so I would, I would say make more sacrifices. I was talking to a group yesterday and I said, none of you are going to make it and they're not, they're good people. Because it's a small group and every one of them is like, but I'm not full-time yet. And then one day I'm going to do this. I'm like, dude, when I started in yeah. insurance, I had two full-time jobs. If yeah. you will make more sacrifices than everybody, you don't need to have cute sayings and carve your day into three fake days and come up with stupid stuff. Just go make more sacrifices. Other people, whatever it is yeah. that you need to sacrifice right now to that point with my kids early yeah. on in my insurance career, there were things I had to sacrifice. Dude, I didn't want to, I did not want to. 
I mean, yeah. I, man, I miss like my son will to this day be like the greatest game I ever played was this one. And I was at like, I couldn't be there. You know I mean? Like to this day, you know, just do it more to bust my, my behind. I think he knows I was at all the games. We'll joke around. But those things I didn't want to do. I do enjoy sleeping a little bit. I yeah. slept on the floor in my office that stayed at Connecticut three hours a night with a phone near me in case it went off. Cause that was my job as manager phone yeah. phone rang. I answered it, but I, yeah. I didn't want to do that. Like I, I didn't want healthy, but I did it because I was trying to get ahead. So if you'll out sacrifice everybody and you're not forever, dude, please carve these things into shorter windows. No fight. If you'll out sacrifice everybody for the next year, it might be, if you'll do that, dude, the result is obnoxious and learn every day. Every day I woke up, I was like, I'm going to learn something today about business that's crucial that I don't already know. And it could be 10, 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, damn, what I learned today? And, and usually I had something, but sometimes I'm like, it's not that good. What can I do? Who can I reach out to? What can I read? What can I watch? I wanted to educate myself every single day and get a little bit better. So that'd be my best advice for people that are looking to grind this thing out and change their lifestyle. Well, it's so great because what's really powerful is when you have that vision, you know what you're working towards. When you're making that sacrifice, it doesn't have to feel like a sacrifice. It feels like an investment. You're trading your time for a higher return. You're trading your time to go earn more so that you can start investing that to do the thing that you actually want to do on the back end. And when you're doing it with purpose, it's easy to be driven down that path. And if, if you don't have that now, that's what's missing. You're missing that purpose. You're missing that vision. You're missing that picture of what's possible. And so you absolutely need to name your number. You absolutely need to sit down and get clear on these things. Super powerful conversation today, Sean. Really, really enjoyed this. If you guys are listening to this episode for the first time or you've been here for a while, hit that subscribe button. Come back next week and uh, look forward to uh, making an impact together, Sean. Thanks so much for being on. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks for having me, buddy. Today's episode is sponsored by Von Finch Capital. If you're interested in investing alongside me in the same type of real estate opportunities that I personally invest in, then head over to Von Finch Capital and join their private investor network. You can do so at vonfinch.com slash invest. Join me on that next deal. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.